What's good people? I just want to keep it 100 with you. I keep it super real with you all the time. So I just got to give you a heads up before we dive in to today's episode. I was on the road. I was, you know, trying to make moves happen. I wasn't in my usual setup to record the pod. We'll be back to normal tomorrow. But the audio quality today isn't great. So I apologize. My sincerest apologies. I hope that you guys still rock with it. It's a great episode. We dive into all of last night's action. We dive into a bunch of different teams, a bunch of different hot takes. I hope you can bear with us and back to normal tomorrow. Like I said, peace and love and enjoy the show. We know the vibes. We're back with another episode. Mobutsi alongside BJ Armstrong. Once again, the Hoop Genius podcast back in action. BJ, how you doing this morning, this evening? wherever you are in the world beautiful 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 a lot of basketball on this side of the pond happy mlk day to everyone and there's a lot of basketball for us to discuss my friend so let's get into it yes sir fans in the uk were rejoicing games tipped off at 5 30 in the afternoon over here in europe so it was a great day lots of early nba action on they had the nba 360 where you could watch multiple games all at the same time and my oh my there were some impressive games. You know, first of all, the Celtics started by giving me a scare about to lose to the New Orleans Pelicans, and they managed to pull that back. Shout out to Jason Tatum. But then, you know, Madison Square Garden, the Knicks hosting the Hornets. I think we should talk about that one for a quick sec. Because that Let's man... Let's pump the breaks down. Let's that, pump that, that man, Miles Bridges, 38 points, mm. 12 rebounds, 5 assists. You know, there was talk about him winning the most improved player earlier this season. He's continuing that campaign, really stepping up. You know, there was no Lamelo Ball in that starting lineup, and um, he really carried it. Gordon Hayward contributed a bit. Terry Rozier contributed a bit, but credit where it's due. Miles Bridges put on a show at MSG. What were you seeing from that young man? You know, when you look at Miles Bridges this year, you can see the development in this young man's game. Now he has extended himself out well beyond the three-point line. We know he's a high flyer. He's a very powerful athlete. And sometimes you can see, you know, in the league where there's a good matchup. For whatever reason, his matchup versus Julius Randle favors Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Now, I don't know if it's because they're both left-handed. I don't know if because he's just as strong. But there's a little something, bit quicker. Yeah, there's something going on there where Miles Bridges always plays hard. But he plays a, with something with a little extra versus Julius Randle. And tonight, or this afternoon, he was sensational, Mo. I mean, 38 points, carried the offense, stepped back, alley-oops, up and unders, full court, half court. He had it going in Madison Square Garden on all cylinders. Great win for them, minus LaMelo Ball. So... But you can see, I think, Mo, you're absolutely correct. He's definitely up for a most improved player this year. And it was a great win for them on the road. And, you know, he's doing it off the dribble as well. Yes. It's not like he's just a role player who got hot shooting the ball. He's got the ball in his hands, putting it on the floor. The step back going to the corner really impressed me late in the fourth quarter. Even though they had the lead, he had that. And he took that step back into the corner, fading away. That's something special right there, man. That ain't an easy shot to hit. That's not an easy shot to hit. So credit to Miles Bridges. 
and the Charlotte Hornets. What do you think? Do you think they can make noise in the playoffs? Do you think they can, you know, because they started off the season hot, now they've dropped down to the 70, then the playing position. Do you think they can make the playoffs and cause anyone any problems in that first round? Well, I think they are a young and exciting team. And let's start off with their young player, their young point guard, LaMelo. LaMelo, you know, has really improved this year. I think he's playing a much more controlled game. He still has the flair. He still has the ability to look over the top of smaller guards. And he's shooting the ball terrific as well from distance. So I like LaMelo. I like Scary Terry, former Celtic. Scary Terry brings, he always brings the energy. However, Mo, you know, I think they're a little, I think they're a little depleted up front with their bigs. And I think when the playoffs start, that's going to be their Achilles heel as they, hopefully that they get in the playoffs. You know, I like their team. I like what they're doing. I think they've made another step in the right direction down there in Charlotte. And I think they are literally a player or two away. You know, Kelly Oubre, who, you know, didn't play today. You know, I think he was a nice addition for them off the bench. But I think up front, you're going to need that big who can do one or two things, either shot block or play vertical basketball. And until they get that big who can do that, I think they're going to always be a, you know, kind of a middle of the range, you know, kind of stuck in the middle of the pack type of team. Well, the rumors are the Pacers, the Indiana Pacers, are shopping almost all of their roster. And for Miles Turner, the prolific shot-blocking center that they have in Indiana, the asking price is either two first-round picks or a young player. Now, the Hornets could easily put together a package of a first-round pick, a young player, and some salary to go out and get Miles Turner because I think that's the biggest hole in their squad right now is having that elite big man. And Miles Turner... He can space the floor on offense and he can block shots on defense. I think he would fit amazingly in Charlotte. I think they need to go out and go get him because it's all well and good. You know, they've drafted the kid, James Booknight. I don't know how he's going to fit on that roster if there's going to be enough touches for him. So I think they should try their best to go and get that big one before someone else does. Because, you know, like you say, shot blocking is going to be in high demand. And if they can get it done now early before the trade deadline, I'd like to see them make that move. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a good, you know, that's a, you know, identifying more. I think that's really good to identify, you know, Miles Turner. There's a lot of teams that could use Miles Turner. He's one of the mm-hmm. better shot blockers in the NBA. Kind of, he's one of those guys that everyone knows is really good at shot blocking, but no one talks about him. And I think he would be a great addition to their team. However, you know, they have some financial things coming up on their books. They're currently in year two or year three, with Gordon Hayward when they signed him in free agency. Miles Bridges is going to command a pay raise. Without question, LaMelo Ball is going to command the bag, as you say. Mm-hmm. And then Miles Turner, you're not going to trade for Miles Turner to lose him just in free agency. So whoever trades for Miles Turner, that will be, I think, a highly likely, very likely that he will sign with whatever team ends up trading for him. But with the understanding, don't trade for me if you're not going to pay me. So well, I think financially that would be, I don't know what the Charlotte uh, Hornets are going to do, but I don't think they're going to go into the luxury tax with this team thinking that they can win a championship. I think they are a player or two away. And I would tend to think on, you know, if they can get two or three players, 
players with that salary, that's probably a better addition for them if they can identify the same type of productivity from two or three players other than just putting it all into one player. Well, with Miles Bridges, he's a restricted free agent this summer. And, you know, not a lot of teams have money to spend on free agents this summer, but one team that does is your Detroit Pistons, your hometown team. So Miles Bridges is also from the state of Michigan. And there have yes, been people yes. suggesting, you know, people have been reporting saying that it may be the Pistons that offer him a big offer sheet, perhaps more than what the Hornets would be willing to pay and what other teams would be willing to pay to bring him back to Detroit because he played for Michigan State as well. Bring him back to Detroit and pair him with Cade Cunningham and have him really grow with that team there. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it sounds great, but I think Miles Bridges has to look at this unique opportunity again if I, you know i'm working with him is to say the following he can get a five-year extension with the charlotte hornets now every other team can only offer him four years so it's in charlotte's best interest to let him get an offer sheet from somewhere else and then just match it because he is a restricted free agency now i think he probably will do what he probably will do is he'll go in and demand whatever number he thinks he should get. And if they're not able to reach that, then and only then will Charlotte make a move. And the move will be to let him go qualify him or trade him. I think it's as simple as that. I think this is very simple. I, I, I don't think especially with today's game, you don't replace players like that. They've developed him. He's come along nicely. But now you have to ask yourself, you know, if he gets a four-year extension, you know, you're basically, I'm not saying you're undercutting yourself, but you're doing that. You're doing what's in the best interest of the team, right? If you can get a five-year deal, why not go for it? Now, I'm not saying he's going to get, you know, the five years, but at least he should go for it especially this being his first deal off his rookie contract. So I, I think there's some business moves that, that have to be made. I think he's, he's played well. Clearly he deserves a pay raise. Now what that raise may be in the eyes of Charlotte, you know, no one knows that, but I think we will see. And I think uh, it should be very interesting to see what this team and this organization does moving forward as they begin to build their roster. Because clearly if you watch, watch this team, LaMelo is the centerpiece. Mm -hmm. And I think he will command maybe somewhere or the max. I think no, that's what he's, he's a max player. He's a max player. Okay. So there's, there's if, he's, no if he's a max player, then you, then you have to build out your roster accordingly with a max player. And if you are a max player that comes with demands and responsibility, you must win. So, you know, like, again, you know, they, they would know better than I would, but I think they have some, very interesting, which is positive to make on young players that they've drafted and they've developed. Well, speaking of Miles Bridges from Michigan, we've got to talk about another young man from Michigan who has been impressive of late, who's putting up a double-double in almost every game he plays. And last night, after we spoke about how great Joel Embiid has been playing, the Sixers came out and lost to the Wizards. The Wizards, by the way, who are in the 80s, so they might be facing the Charlotte Hornets in the play-in. See how it's all linking together. I can't wait for the play-in tournament in the playoffs. But Let's just for one minute talk about that dunk from Kyle Kuzma on the head of Joel M. B. I jumped out of my chair when I saw that. 
I didn't think I was even believing what I was seeing. What was your reaction? Well, he had a straight line to the basket, and it's unfair to the bigs. And I'm mm-hmm. sure Joel Embiid had a few choice words for his perimeter defenders mm-hmm. to let a, a 6'10 athlete get a direct line to the basket with no resiliency at all on the defensive end, and he's caught under the basket. Well, so, spe- Speaking of, speaking of, we're going to talk about a Russell Westbrook dunk on Rudy Gobert. Oh. Oh, we get we get a little love for Russell. We get a little love for Russell. Yeah, it, it, it's about time because every day all I see is Laker fans hating on Russell Westbrook, hating on Russell Westbrook. So let's celebrate Russell Westbrook for a moment because he dunked on everybody's favorite center, Mr. Rudy Gobert, in yes, in, yes. in fact <laughs> in fact fashion. Um, you know the Lakers went on a thirteen and zero run, outscored the Jazz twenty nine seventeen in that fourth quarter. With LeBron playing at the five, interestingly. Oh. Now, obviously, that's not to take away from Rudy Gobert because it wasn't actually Rudy Gobert's fault, in my opinion, that they lost because their shooting went cold. And I can't blame Rudy Gobert for the shooters. I know he takes a lot of the blame, but I can't blame Rudy for once for the uh, for the shooting display of his teammates. So, you know, what did you did you catch the Lakers game? What were your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, I, I, I caught that game because the Lakers went up big. Mm-hmm. Then actually Utah came back and took took the lead. They were up by four or six or something late. And then Stanley Johnson was, I mean, I think he had like 10 points or something in the fourth quarter, running in his two-man game with him and LeBron. And Stanley was the beneficiary of just really a sound offense, you know, very, very sound offense. So what do I think? It's very disappointing to watch Utah play. Because clearly, clearly, they have a problem, especially when they go small, when other teams go small. I mean, it's clear to me now that as great of a defender as Rudy Gobert is versus, you know, when he guards centers and he can rim protect, when you go small, he just seems totally lost. And why I say totally lost is this. I want to say this, Mo. I watched him doing the Olympics and Rudy Gobert was a completely different player in international play than he is now. And watching him today or watching him this evening, he just looked totally lost when they put LeBron at the five, he was just lost on defense. He gave up numerous and ones at the basket Reeves and Stanley Johnson were attacking the rim, shooting threes, and they were somehow Rudy Gobert was always a step or two late. Now, I would have thought by last year they would have made some adjustment of saying, this is what we're going to do when teams go small. But they haven't. It's just kind of like we're just going to leave Rudy out there and hopefully he figures it out. And it's not fair to him. It is not fair to him because let's just talk about the defense, though, because it takes five players on the team to play defense. The Utah Jazz use Rudy Gobert. This is the reason why his numbers are always so good. He cleans up the mess. You know, their defense strategies are, cool, you can blow by our perimeter guys, and Rudy will be at the bucket to block shots. And when teams go small, he's taken away from the bucket, and he can't do that. But the problem for me is not Rudy Gobert. It's the other four guys on the team, they can't guard anyone. Who else is a good defender that plays on the Utah Jazz? Donovan Mitchell ain't a good defender. 
that's the biggest slide that was ever sold when they said Donovan Mitchell's a two-way player. Donovan Mitchell coming into the league was supposed to be a great defender. He's not been a great defender. Jordan Clarkson ain't a great defender. Joe Ingles, he ain't got the speed and quickness to keep up with a lot of guys on the perimeter. Bogdanovich is not a great defender. So, yeah, Rudy Gobert out there struggles against small ball, but this is really the first time this season where he struggled against small ball. Maybe just a little preview for the playoffs, but I'm looking at it and I think they've got to stop something from the perimeter. You can't just put it all on. And, and I'm one of Rudy Gobert's harsher critics, but even yes, I'm getting are, to the man. point now. But I'm getting to the point now where it's not fair on the guy because who else on that roster is playing defense? We can keep diving into the Jazz on another day, um, but, but we're going to keep it moving around the league. The Cavaliers picked up the win against the Brooklyn yeah. Nets. Kyrie fumbled a couple of possessions late. He had a three-pointer that went in and then out, which was tough. We're going to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies later on because that was a very interesting game. But um, the Hawks... They got their coach back. They beat the Bucks, much to our surprise. What's your take on the Hawks? Is this the turning point in their season to turn it around? Well, this was good to see that they played with a sense of urgency today. You know, as you and I were talking before the show today, I said the sub- they look like a team that now they're saying, oh, the substitution teacher is gone. And now the everyday teacher is here, mm-hmm. is back. And they played with a sense of urgency. They played hard. And they played the game, a winning brand of basketball, which was great to see. So I love the fact that this team continues to play. Nate McMillan is a grinder. So you know Nate's going to demand. And I thought they played well. I thought they played well enough to win that game. And they did win it. And look, if they're going to get to the playoffs, they're going to have to start turning it on sooner rather rather than later. And today was a good indication that they have not given up that they're going to play hard because they have the talent and they're a very talented ball club. Absolutely, man. And speaking of talent, Devin Booker led the Phoenix Suns to a 121-107 win. He dropped 48. Luckily for him, the San Antonio Spurs mascot was nowhere to be seen in the arena so he could go off and drop his 48 points with no distractions at all. The Dallas Mavericks picked up a W. They won by two against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Luka Doncic with a triple-double. The Orlando Magic lost much to our friend JD's disappointment, but I don't think it's a surprise they lost to the Portland Trailblazers. Let's show a little love for Anthony Simons. I know he didn't have a big game last night, right? but that boy has been balling out of control ever since yes. Dave Lillard left the lineup. Yes. But let's get to this one. The Miami Heat and Toronto Raptors. The Miami Heat, they took the win, much in part to the return of not only a triple-double from Jimmy Butler, but the return of their big man, Mr. Bam Adebayo. And I feel like describing Bam as a big man kind of does his does him a dis- disservice because he can do it all. He's bringing the ball up the court. He's he's pushing it on fast breaks. He's making plays for his teammates. He's throwing beautiful passes. It was it was like he didn't miss a beat. What was your take on Bam Adebayo's return and Miami serious contenders in your opinion for the Eastern Conference? Well, it's great to have Bam back. You know, he's such a great player and, you know, we love to categorize players He's a big, he's a, he's this, he's that. Bam is a player. Make no mm-hmm. doubt about it. He, he's a player. He's, he's this new age player where when we talk about interchangeable players. Well, you got to put Bam in there at the top of the list or one of those players who can play one, two, three, four, five. He does it all. He can, you can play, you know, through him. He's a good, he's a good enough passer, terrific defender, strong, 
he's you know now he can step out and and shoot the ball from the perimeter so it's great to have him back and you know he's coming back from that thumb injury and you know it's great to have him back and I know Miami is happy to have him back and it's good to have him back along with Jimmy Butler because now we can really get a an indication of how good this team really can be they like all teams they've had injuries they've had COVID they've had a lot of different things but it'd be interesting to see if they can put together a good 20 to 25 games where they can develop some chemistry and we can really begin to gauge who this team really is the Miami Heat and when you look at the standings Mo after all of that I just said they're in second place I mean think about this Mo after all of that yeah after all of this Guys in, guys out. Jimmy Butler's out. Bam has missed, what, 20-something games? Yeah, no Kyle Lowry. That's not, I was looking good, forward good. to him playing against his former yeah. team. Kyle Lowry, you know. After all of that, they're still in second place. So mm-hmm. you can show, see the potential. Show some love to uh, not only the coaching staff, but Mr. Tyler Harrow, who came up with 23 oh, off man. the bench last night. I've seen, I seen a funny tweet. Someone saying Tyler Harrow had to do it for MLK Day. I'll, that had me rolling. <laughs> <laughs> that boy, Tyler you Harrow, know, I know what. Well, that boy from Wisconsin thinks he is, but it makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, you talk about another most improved player. Tyler Hero mm-hmm. is right there as well. So, you know, shout out to him. He's been doing this all year. Been playing well, playing great. He's, play he's great been almost the most consistent part of this Miami team this year. Yes, he, yes, he has. And he, he's been very solid. And the one thing he has improved is this off the bounce game. He's really improved his ability to play off the bounce, create a little space for himself. We always knew he could shoot it, but now he's doing it off the dribble and uh, he's become really a potent score coming off the bench for that Miami Heat team. Yes, sir. The Miami are one to watch, but the team to watch, we spoke about them a bunch last week. We're going to talk about them again right now because the power rankings from the NBA came out yesterday. And oh. If you had said to anyone at the start of the season that come January, mid-January, late January, the Memphis Grizzlies would be number one in the power rankings. I don't think anyone would believe you. Even Memphis fans would have thought you were getting ahead of yourself. But here they are. But before we talk about that, we need to talk about Aquaman, a.k.a. Stephen Adams, a.k.a. someone's trying to square up to Ja Morant. So I'm going to pick him up like a child and walk him back to the half-court line because funny, that was the most was disrespectful thing I've ever seen. If I'm squaring up to someone and someone lifts me off the floor and carries me away, that's disrespectful. I loved it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Stephen Adams is one strong man. And, you know, he's, he's, when you say a gentle giant, one of the nicest people you'll oh, ever he's, meet. He's one hilarious. Of, he's he's, he's yeah, one of the funniest guys in the NBA. He is funny. He's funny. And uh, he's not shying away. You know, shout out to New Zealand. You know, that's, he, he's great. This guy has, perhaps the greatest appetite I've ever seen. This guy can eat. This guy can eat more than when you sit down with him. It's a feast. It's not a meal. It's a feast. When I first seen Steven Adams in real life for the first time, this is when he was with OKC and I was covering one of their games. He looks big on the TV. Right. But in real life, he's double the size of what you think he really is. The guy is a, he looks like a Game of Thrones character. And this is, this is not an insult. This is a compliment. He looks like a Game of Thrones character in real life. The guy is enormous, like ridiculously. And I just thought it was nice for him to protect the young buck because you don't want your best player in Jamaran being getting into it with these guys. You've got to have enforcers on your team. 
You know, well, every he... team now has enforcers. You know, great teams have a guy that will come in and do the dirty work. And, you know, maybe he's not so so much aggressive as, as other guys around the league, but everybody knows not to mess with him. I don't think there's a but, sane human that would mess with Steven Adams. Oh, I can tell you this. If I'm the Memphis Grizzlies, I'm signing him for one reason. He's going to protect everyone else on the team, in particular, John Morant. That was beautiful to see. That's how you're supposed to do it. That's, you know, that's old school basketball. And when the game gets physical, because it's going to get physical, Stephen Adams will be right in the fray. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a confidence building thing that may not show up in the, it may not show up in the stats, but if you're going to battle and the game gets physical, Stephen Adams is going to defuse all of that. So I would sign him just for that. Because John Morant is going to get hit again. And you want Steven Adams or someone like Steven Adams to be able to defuse any type of confrontation that happens on your team. And not only that, people think Steven Adams might just be a big body that they use. But in terms of their offense, he's top five in the league in screen assists. That means players, after receiving a screen from Steven Adams, are getting bugs because he is so strong. No one is getting through those right. screens. And it's a, it's a great way for them to, you know, score and. What's crazy is Jonas Valanciunas was doing so much for this team last year and they traded yes, him was. in exchange for Steven Adams, who obviously has a lot. He doesn't shoot the three ball. You're not going to dump the ball down to him and let him go to work and post up. And I feel like last season, Jonas was almost a safety net for the Grizzlies. When the right. offense would bog down, they'd just give the ball to him and he'd go out there and work. But now the younger guys have stepped up, so they don't need those contributions from the big man. So I like what I'm seeing from them. They're number one in the power rankings this week, O'Reilly. So the Phoenix Suns, number two. The Golden State Warriors, number three. The Philadelphia 76 is up to four. The Miami Heat are up to number five. What's your thoughts on Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Chicago, all dropping out of the top five now? Well, I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's going to happen, Mo. And the one thing about this season is there are going to be ebbs and flows because of COVID, because of injuries, because of all of the things you're seeing. So I think this is going to happen. And the one thing, health is going to be critical to how things play out. The healthier your team can be on the floor, I think will increase your chances to have some type of consistency. You know, you look at Brooklyn, suddenly they're getting Kyrie back and then now, you know, KD is out. And so I think health is going to be the one thing, but I'm not really concerned with teams like Milwaukee. I'm not concerned with those guys like Golden State. I think those teams will find a way. And the big thing for all those teams is to get everyone back on the floor. I mean, they're missing two starters right now talking about Milwaukee. They're missing Drew Holiday and they're missing Brooke Lopez. And those guys are key contributors to their team, especially on the defensive end. So, well, somehow I think Milwaukee is figuring it out like everyone is. They're figuring out how to hold this team together until they can get everyone. And once they get everyone, then Mo, I think we can really have, you know, a, a good indication of who Milwaukee really is at this particular time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, coming up tonight on the agenda, there's only two games. We've got the Timberwolves and the New York Knicks. And we've got the Detroit Pistons at the Golden State Warriors. Detroit basketball. You think, you, you think the Pistons are going to sneak in the win on the road? You know, I'm a little concerned. I, I believe Steph is in protocol. Is, is he in protocol right now? He didn't play the last game, so I think so. You know, Detroit's been playing much better 
since the halfway point. They've been, you know, I watched them the other night versus Phoenix. And Phoenix won by a large margin. But when you watch the game, Detroit was, it was very competitive until K got thrown out of the game. Yep. In the third quarter, he had a nice dunk and they threw him out for taunting or something. Yeah. So pointing I, the guy he dunked on. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a competitive game. So I've but, just got the injury report here. Yes, go ahead. Draymond Green out with a calf injury, expected to miss at least two more weeks. Gary Payne, the second yes. back, is questionable for Tuesday's game against Detroit. The Steph Curry hand is no longer on the injury report and is considered probable for Tuesday's matchup okay. with the Timberwolves. I think that's a, that's an error in there because they're not matching up with the Timberwolves. They're matching up with the Pistons. Right, right. But, uh, yeah. So Steph back, yeah, no I, Draymond, though. And I think the Warriors struggled massively without Draymond. So I think it would be more competitive than you may expect. Well, you know, as I was saying, you know, I think it's going to be difficult for this team because they're trying to figure out how to implement clay at some point here. Hopefully they're going to get Wiseman back. You know, now they have Draymond out and with clay in the lineup, they are a different team. You know, clay demands touches. So I think right now, even though they've started out hot, you know, they were the hottest team at the beginning of the season. The most consistent team has been the Phoenix Suns. And Mo, I, oh, I, I watched them again oh, oh, today. Oh, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. We, we got chill because I've heard some, I've heard per sources that we're going to have a special guest coming on to discuss the Phoenix Suns oh, pretty wow. soon. So okay. I'm, I'm going to have okay. to tell you to chill on that one. You're going to okay. save those hot All takes. Right. I, okay. You're going to save those hot takes, you know what I mean? But, you know, you guys, if you're listening at home, you want to know who the special guest is, you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, share the podcast with your friends. Also, check out the YouTube. I dropped a video yesterday where I dived in to discuss the greatest NBA teams of all time. BJ, I don't know if you Ooh. saw the Steph Curry's comments saying that the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant would beat Michael Jordan Bulls in six games. Just real quick before yeah. we wrap up, what's your take on that? Right. Seven-game series between those two. Well, I think this. Well, I, I think we have to really look at the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. And if the, if the rules were in the 90s, I think as the teams are constructed, I don't think the Warriors have a chance. No. The, the physicality of the game, uh, I don't think they have a chance. However, with the three-point shooting of the games as presently constructed, I think there's a chance. Well, yeah, I think Rodman okay. gets tossed within minutes. But I will say this. I will rules. say this, Mo. I will say this. In a seven-game series, okay, in a seven-game series, you know, I've never said this, Mo, but I, I want to take a little. Can I get? Can I just get a minute thirty? Of course. In a seven-game series, Mo, athletes matter because the athletes are going to wear the other team down because there's no counter to speed and quickness. There's no counter to Michael Jordan on the entire, you know, uh, um, Golden State team. In a seven-game series. He's going to be a better athlete than every player on that roster for seven games. Okay. This has nothing to do with shooting. He's going to be a better athlete. He's going to be faster to the ball. He's going to be stronger than all the other players, whoever's guarding him. And he's going to dominate from a physicality standpoint. And as the series goes on, that matters. Second, Scottie Pippen is as good of athlete as any other player on their roster, KD included. 
third, Dennis Rodman is not too shabby of an athlete. Insane okay. athlete. Okay. Insane. Now, I'm going to say this, and everyone who's playing the NBA, do we get into errors, right? We get into, you know, old school. No, let's just talk about basketball as is. The rules matter. So if you're talking about today's rules where you can't touch guys, Steph suddenly now is a different player than if he played in our era. Because in our era, that's not happening at all. However, in any era, the athlete does matter. Michael Jordan is the best athlete in any era. Scottie Pippen is an elite athlete in any era. And Dennis Rodman is as unique of an athlete, which I feel gives them an advantage, especially if you have that those rules. If you have today's rules, I think they have a chance, provided they can do this. They can shoot at a high clip. It's like playing against Giannis. Playing against Giannis, you have to shoot at a high clip. You can't beat Giannis shooting 35% from three. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got to have one of those 14 to 28 nights. And then suddenly now the Bulls have to do something uncharacteristically and started shooting threes. So I think it would be interesting with the rules, but those athletes matter in a seven game series. Give me the best athlete in any era and I can figure out the rest. And no disrespect to any of those teams, but that's that's just basketball one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Give me the best athlete. I don't care if you play in the 40s, the 50s, 60s, or today. And shout out to Will Chamberlain. The rest. Oh, well, if you guys want to know more, head over to the Hoop Genius YouTube channel where we talked about the greatest teams of all time. Thanks to, to our friends at NBA 2K for a little collaboration video with them. But BJ, appreciate you rocking with us. Get some rest, my man. It's been a busy MLK day. We'll catch up later on today. We'll be on Heat Check, Sky Sports, and we'll be back with another podcast tomorrow. Thanks to everyone for listening and much like Jason Tatum in the third quarter, much to my delight, because I was really worried the Celtics were about to lose to the damn Pelicans. Get buckets.